This podcast is a production of Open Pediatrics, an open access online community of healthcare professionals sharing best practices from around the world. Visit openpediatrics.org for more. Surgical Palliation for Single Ventricle Lesions The learning objectives of this video are to explain the pathophysiology of single ventricle heart disease, discuss the different stages of palliation for single ventricle heart disease, describe the physiological consequences of the Fontan circulation, and recognize long-term problems associated with the Fontan circulation. Single ventricle heart disease is a complex subgroup of congenital heart disease in which there is only one functioning cardiac ventricle that pumps out blood to both the systemic and pulmonary circulations, which could be either a right or left ventricle. It represents 8% of all congenital heart disease and has an incidence of 4 to 8 per 10,000 newborns. Surgical management typically consists of a staged approach to a Fontan procedure which palliates the heart while simultaneously creating a challenging and delicate physiologic state. Although the prognosis for patients with single ventricle lesions has historically been poor, continued advances in medical and surgical management have led to significant improvements in long-term survival. With a 61% transplant-free survival rate 20 years after the Fontan operation, as a result, an increasing number of patients with palliated single ventricle heart disease are presenting for non-cardiac surgical interventions in adolescence and adulthood. In this video, we will review the basic anatomy and pathophysiology of single ventricle heart disease, the surgical interventions performed as palliation, and the unique hemodynamics and long-term complications that may arise after the Fontan procedure. Anatomy and Pathophysiology Single ventricle heart disease encompasses a variety of cardiac congenital anomalies characterized by the presence of only one functioning ventricle that pumps out blood to both the systemic and pulmonary circulations, which could either be left or right. Examples include mitral stenosis, leading to hypoplastic left heart syndrome, tricuspid atresia, leading to hypoplastic right heart syndrome double inlet left ventricle, and unbalanced AV canal, amongst other anomalies. In the single ventricle heart, deoxygenated blood from the systemic venous system and oxygenated blood from the pulmonary venous system meet within the ventricle, typically via a pathway involving an atrial septal communication or the direct connection of both atria to the ventricle. This partially oxygenated blood is then pumped into the systemic and pulmonary circulations simultaneously, either in a ductal-dependent fashion or via ventricular connections to both the aorta and the main pulmonary artery. In this way, the single ventricle physiology places the systemic and pulmonary circulations in parallel with each other, such that blood flow to each is driven by the one functioning ventricle. This stands in contrast to the normal biventricular heart which maintains the systemic and pulmonary circulations in series, with each supported by its own ventricle. As a result of their unique anatomy and circulation, patients with single ventricle hearts often experience an imbalance between systemic and pulmonary blood flow, with the relative distribution to each of these two circulations dependent on the respective vascular resistances and outflow obstructions. If left untreated, this can lead to significant hemodynamic instability, hypoxia, 
ventricular failure, and early death. Typical palliation. The surgical management of single ventricle heart disease is primarily palliative, with the goal of reducing hypoxia and ventricular strain by placing the systemic and pulmonary circulation in series, despite the absence of a second ventricle. This is achieved via a staged approach to the Fontan procedure, which is the final stage in the palliation, which creates a total cavo-pulmonary connection that returns systemic venous blood straight to the low-pressure pulmonary circulation without direct ventricular support. The functional single ventricle receives the pulmonary venous return and provides the energy to drive the blood flow across the systemic circulation and indirectly in this serial arrangement also across the pulmonary vascular bed. The circulations are in series with one supporting ventricle working against serial resistances. The cardiac output is dependent on adequate filling of the single ventricle, therefore on preload and transpulmonary pressure gradients and is inversely related to mean airway pressures. Normal sinus rhythm, functional atrioventricular valves, and adequate contractility are other components of a good Fontan circulation. The three-stage pathway for single ventricle palliation is carried out during the initial years of life. Stage one is undertaken in the immediate neonatal period and involves interventions tailored to the specific cardiac anomaly. The goal is to reroute blood so a stable source of blood is able to flow both to the lungs and to the body. If the child is born with only a right-sided functioning ventricle, the operation typically involves a Norwood procedure, which includes creating a new aorta to provide blood flow to the body, and also a sanoshunt from the right ventricle to the pulmonary artery to ensure a stable source of blood flow to the lungs. If the child is born with only a left-sided functioning ventricle, a Blalock-Tausig shunt is placed from the innominate artery to the pulmonary artery to provide a stable source of pulmonary blood flow. Oftentimes, ligation of the ductus arteriosus is required to optimize systemic and pulmonary blood flow. A cavopulmonary connection is not created during this time as the higher pulmonary vascular resistance and the immature pulmonary vascular bed of the neonate would preclude adequate forward flow from the systemic venous system to the pulmonary vasculature without a supporting ventricle. Stage 2 of the pathway is performed at 3 to 6 months of life and typically involves a bidirectional Glenn procedure. The Glenn creates a partial cavopulmonary connection via anastomosis of the superior vena cava to the right pulmonary artery, while leaving the inferior vena cava untouched. If a Blalock-Tausig or Sano-Shunt is in place, it is taken down at this time. The partial cavopulmonary connection allows for a gentle early reduction in ventricular volume, which gives the ventricle time to adjust to lower preloads and pressures and reduces morbidity and mortality as compared to an acute transition from single ventricle to Fontan physiology. The final stage of the pathway, the Fontan procedure, is carried out at two to four years of life. It involves anastomosis of the inferior vena cava to the right pulmonary artery, most often by way of a lateral tunnel involving the right atrium or an extracardiac conduit. 
a fenestration may be made between the tunnel or conduit and an atrial chamber to serve as a pop-off when pulmonary vascular resistance is high, allowing for right-to-left shunting that helps to maintain ventricular preload and cardiac output, though at the expense of the systemic oxygen saturation. By completing the cavo-pulmonary connection, the Fontan allows all systemic venous blood to flow directly from the central veins into the pulmonary arteries, bypassing the single ventricle. The blood is then driven across the pulmonary vasculature by means of the transpulmonary pressure gradient or the difference between the systemic venous pressure and atrial pressure before it traverses the atrium, enters the ventricle, and is pumped back out to the body. In this way, the Fontan returns the systemic and pulmonic circulations to existing in series with normalization or near-normalization of saturations improved hemodynamic stability, and a more manageable ventricular volume load that prolongs the lifespan of the single ventricle. Long-term complications after repair. Despite the physiologic benefits conferred by surgical palliation of single ventricle heart disease, patients who have undergone a Fontan procedure remain vulnerable to a significant number of cardiac and non-cardiac complications. Over the years, the single ventricle will develop progressive heart failure, anatomical right ventricles earlier than left ventricles, and many patients eventually experience some degree of Fontan failure. The non-pulsatile pulmonary blood flow, driven by the transpulmonary gradient and therefore elevated systemic and pulmonary vascular pressures, limits the ventricular preload especially during exercise or any other need for increases in cardiac output. The lack of pulsatility not only reduces the vascular distension and the preload reserve in the pulmonary vascular bed, but it also causes an imbalance in the endogenous endothelin production and increases pulmonary vascular resistance. In the long run, this will lead to chronic preload insufficiency of the single ventricle. In addition, in a serial circulation, elevated systemic venous pressures also contribute to increased ventricular afterload and further increase ventricular workload. Impaired systolic and diastolic function of the malformed single ventricle, along with cardiac valvular abnormalities, resulting in increased filling pressures and decreased forward flow, may exacerbate the progressive heart failure. The combination of decreased preload, increased afterload, and decreased ventricular contractility and diastolic relaxation may result in a circulatory system that is no longer able to meet the metabolic demands of the body, and patients may develop decreased exercise tolerance, systemic venous congestion, and other signs and symptoms of cardiac failure. Arrhythmias, especially atrial arrhythmias, are another common problem. Multiple previous surgeries involving the atria as well as chronic venous dissension predispose to supraventricular tachyarrhythmias like SVT, atrial flutter, or fibrillation, but also sinus node dysfunction. Other long-term complications that can arise after the Fontan procedure include strokes and thromboembolism due to hypercoagulability related to venous congestion and stasis, increased risk for bleeding caused by factor deficiencies or genetic coagulation abnormalities, liver dysfunction as a result of elevated venous pressures and cirrhosis, or Fontan-associated liver disease, kidney dysfunction due to poor perfusion, 
Conditions involving protein loss and lymphatic malfunction, such as protein-losing enteropathy and plastic bronchitis, which can lead to malnutrition, pleural effusion, ascites, or airway obstruction. Residual cyanosis related to the formation of arteriovenous collaterals and, in some patients, exacerbated by right-to-left shunting across a surgical fenestration and musculoskeletal problems, such as chest wall deformities and scoliosis. Despite these potential complications, patients who have undergone Fontan palliation are increasingly living into adulthood, and their self-reported quality of life scores are similar to the general population. This has been a production of Open Pediatrics. We have more podcasts like this one available everywhere you get your podcasts. Visit openpediatrics.org for more information.